God indeed is a miracle worker. He's still working miracles. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still working miracles. He's still making a way. He's still keeping promises. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Now, I know we've had uh, here at Eastern Star Church um, since this pandemic, we've had thousands and thousands of people who would not normally connect with us who've been connecting with us. And I want you to know uh, that the sister singing that song, that's my wife of 34 years. We're celebrating 34 years of marriage this month. And uh, that's Lady Sharon. And we came to this ministry. 32 years ago. Our ministry is 100 years old this year, and we've been here for 32 of those years. And as you can tell, my wife has a wonderful, wonderful voice uh, that she uses to glorify God and to be a blessing uh, and encourage others. And, and so you're getting ready to see one of our children as well. And we have four sons. Our oldest son, is Jeffrey Allen Johnson II, who has an anointing on his life to preach and teach the word of God. He's actually one of the pastors on staff here at Eastern Star Church in Indianapolis and Fishers. And we're just grateful to God for how God is blessing him and using him. And since we have so many new people that are connecting and streaming with us, uh, let me go ahead and introduce my son. He is, uh, he did his undergrad work at Payne College in Augusta, Georgia, study his, his bachelor's degree is in mass communications. Who would have known we needed at this level? I guess God knew it. And then he went to get his master's degree in Atlanta at the Morehouse School of Religion, ITC. And now Jeffrey Allen Johnson II is working on his PhD in African-American preaching and sacred rhetoric right here in Indianapolis at Christian Theological Seminary. He's a great preacher uh, with a wonderful anointing and great insight into the word of God. And I pray that you'll open your heart and mind and souls and be receptive to what God is going to speak to you today through Jeffrey Allen Johnson II. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the God we serve is worthy to be praised. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm so excited to be with you all today, and I'm so excited that you decided to worship God with us. Do your friend and family a favor. Share with them. Invite them to come and study God's word with us as we dive into the scriptures. Now, let me just say that I'm appreciative of our senior pastor, Pastor Jeffrey Allen Johnson Sr., um, his leadership during this time, uh, his work ethic, his preaching, his anointing, his leadership. I'm so grateful to be a part of this. And as we are celebrating his birthday today, and so I'm excited that he allowed me to come and sub in for him as we dive into the scriptures today out of Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17. I'm just going to read one verse to get us started today. But in your own private time, read all of chapter 1. And if you're not too scared, read the entire book of the book of Revelation. And I know that God will bless you because of it. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17. Lord, let the words of our mouth for the meditations of our hearts. Let them be acceptable in our sight. God, you are our strength and our redeemer. It is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Revelation 1, verse 17 says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. So I want to pull our title out of verse 17. 
those red letters there, Jesus speaking. And I want to talk about don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I used to be scared of the book of Revelation. Saved, gave my life to Christ at an early age. And I would hear my father, other preachers and teachers preach and teach about the book of Revelation. And I was scared. Talk of locusts and beasts and antichrists, wars and disease and death. I was scared to read the book of Revelation. It didn't sit well with my young saved soul at the time. But then when I finally conjured up the courage to read the entire piece of the book of Revelation, it didn't take long for me to discover that I'm blessed by just reading the book of Revelation. No, literally, it didn't take me long. Verse 3 of chapter 1 says that you are blessed when you read the book. When you read the book of Revelation, you are blessed. And unfortunately, many of us are missing out on the blessings of God simply because we don't read his word. Missing out on the blessing of God simply because we may be too scared to read the book of Revelation. Scared of what it says, scared of the contents that are in it, scared of what is written, the prophecies, scared of the fact that we may or may not be living in what was written over thousands of years ago. But I challenge you to read the book of Revelation and you'll discover that you don't have nothing to be scared about because after the locusts and after the antichrist and the beasts and the dragons and after the death and disease, Jesus is still sitting on the throne next to his father. And when you and I get it right with Jesus, the Bible says that we can sit with Christ in heavenly places because you and I have victory with Jesus Christ. So I challenge you to read the book of Revelation and it won't take long for you to discover that you don't have to be afraid. And this is what Jesus says in that verse I read to you, chapter one, verse 17. Don't be afraid because fear is a real thing. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how much you know Jesus. I don't care if you, how much scripture you know. I know we like to quote First Timothy. Uh, we, we like to quote that scripture that says that God has not given us the spirit of fear. But fear is a real thing. We all feel fear. We all experience fear. And if we can be honest, what we're living in right now can be fearful. It's fearful how the virus can spread from person to person. It's fearful when we lose loved ones. It's fearful when our family becomes sick. It's fearful when we lose our jobs and deal with financial difficulties. It's fearful to see the social injustice. It's fearful to see young black men getting killed by the hands of the police. It's fearful to deal with the political corruption. All that is can be fearful. But Jesus says... Don't be afraid. Maybe that's what somebody needed to hear today. Maybe you need to tag somebody that. Maybe you need to write that in the comments. Perhaps you need to text, call somebody, let somebody know. You don't have to be afraid. If you're crazy enough, tell yourself, don't be afraid. This is what Jesus is telling John. And it's interesting that he's telling him don't be afraid because John is in a scary situation. He's on the island of Patmos, not on vacation, but because of persecution. He's been isolated because of his faith in God as he is preaching and advancing the kingdom of God. Now he is a victim 
of the unjust system of Rome, and he finds himself being excommunicated to the island of Patmos by himself, disconnected from his family, disconnected from his friends, disconnected from his church, disconnected from his community. He's quarantined. He's dealing with a government-issued quarantine, and what makes John's experience different from ours is that John ain't had no cell phone. <laughs> he's unplugged. He's, he's logged off. He's disconnected. He's alone. He's isolated. And in the midst of this scary situation, John in verse 10 says that I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I really enjoyed that. That John says, here I am, disconnected from my loved ones, disconnected from my family, disconnected from my friends. I'm dealing with quarantine. I'm in, I'm in persecution. I'm on the island of Patmos because of the Roman Empire. But despite of being disconnected from his family, despite of this new normal that he's experiencing, despite of not being connected to the house of worship, John says that I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Uh, John is trying to teach us a lesson that we don't have to be in the building to get connected to the spirit. And some folk think that, they're, that, that, that the building is essential, that we need to get connected to the building in order to experience the spirit of God. But I wish they could just read John chapter 4 where Jesus tells the woman at the well that God is a spirit and those that worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth because we don't need a building to experience the spirit of God. We don't need a building to worship God in spirit and in truth. Jesus says that the worshiping of God is not about location. It's about disposition that despite of the fact that you are disconnected from the building, you can still experience the spirit of God. Man, if I had time, I'll tell our president, number one, is not two Corinthians, it's second Corinthians. And number two, I would help him educate on the fact that in the history of the Christian faith, the building has always been a non-essential. Look at the early church. 3,000 souls came and gave their life to Christ on the first sermon. And yeah, they had a mega church, but they didn't have a mega building. They were meeting in people's homes and houses because in the history of the Christian faith, the building has always been a non-essential. What about the black church birthed in slavery where it was illegal for the enslaved Africans to meet without white supervision? So they left the building, headed to the woods to start the invisible institution because the church building has always been a non-essential. Now look at us going through the legacy, walking through the legacy, the path of the invisible institution where despite of the church, the building being shut down. The body is still on the move. That's why we can have churches still feed hungry people and clothe naked bodies and still provide testing and still provide masks because even though the building is shut down, the body is always on the move. And that's why I love most about the church. We still worshiping from home, churching in quarantine, praising God in a pandemic because if you're real about your faith, you don't need a building to get tapped in to the spirit of God. All you really need is your thoughts because when I think about the goodness of Jesus, and all that he's done for me, despite of not being in the building, I can still get my praise on. And so here is John. He finds himself in a scary situation. 
Here he is. He's on the island of Patmos. He's he's being persecuted. He's excommunicated. He's dealing with quarantine. But John says that I was in the spirit on, of the, uh, in the Lord's day. And as he is in the spirit on the Lord's day, he hears the voice of Jesus saying, don't be afraid. And that's all I came to say. I, this is my substitute lesson. I'm the substitute preacher today. That's all my lesson I got for you is don't be afraid. Can I tell you real quick why you don't have to be afraid? John teaches us that we don't have to be afraid because we can count on the power of God's proclamation. Yeah, John says that I heard a voice. That's what John said. John says, I heard, I heard a voice. That, that God gives a word even in the midst of what we're going through. God, God gives us the promise while we're still in the midst of our difficulties. That John says, I heard a voice. And then John says this, the voice sounded like a trumpet. Because when you and I are going through pain and difficulty, when God gives us a word, it's like music to our ears. I thank God that even when society is shut down, God is still speaking, that God is still giving a word in our worries, that God is still giving us promise in the midst of our pain, that God could still communicate with us even in the midst of the circumstance, that God is still speaking. Do you hear the voice of God? Can you hear God speaking to you? I hear what you're saying, Pastor Jay. I can't hear the voice of God. Is God still speaking during this time? Is God still communicating with us? I truly believe that God is an extrovert. God is always speaking. Whether it's to Elijah in the midst of a drought, whether it's to Ezekiel in the midst of the valley, God is always speaking. Even to Jonah in that well of a situation, God still gave a word to him because God is always speaking. The voice of God. We can always hear it, but maybe, maybe it's, we can't hear the voice of God, not because God is not speaking, but because we're not listening. Because John didn't hear the voice of God until he was isolated, until everything was shut down in his life, until he had no cell phone, until he was unplugged, until he logged off of his Instagram. It was then that he was able to hear the voice of God. It was in isolation that he was able to hear what God had to say. And I truly believe that many of us haven't taken full advantage of this quarantine because in the midst of all that we're going through, God put the world on pause just to give you a word. But the truth be told, even though your schedule is not as busy as it used to be, you still find busy work to get into. Even though your family's activity is not as busy as it used to be, you're still trying to find stuff to get into because you're scared of the silence. You're scared to be quiet. You're scared to calm down. You're scared to be with your own thoughts. But God says, I'm speaking, but I need for you to calm down. You, you, you never sit still. You're always scrolling. You're always zooming. you you. You, you, you always Netflixing and God says, I'm trying to give you a word, but you can't hear me. It's hard to hear the small, still sound voice of God when we're so surrounded by so much noise. But when you and I understand there is power in silence, when you and I understand that God speaks in quiet spaces, God says that I'm trying to give you a word, but you need to silence down. You need to power off. You need to unplug so I can give you this word and every 
every now and again, when you and I disconnect from the things of this world, that's when we can have discussions with God. When you and I understand that God gives us revelation in the midst of our isolation. That's what happened with John. He's isolated, but God revealed to him what John needed to know. Because every now and again, when you and I have enough faith to power down, that's when we can hear the voice of God speak to us. Uh, this happened when I was in seminary school in Atlanta, Georgia. Our pastor just told you that I'm a proud graduate of the Interdenominational Theological Center, ITC, in Atlanta, Georgia. Graduated in 2014. The last year I was there, I stayed with my good friend, Tim. Tim, he real fancy. Tim stayed in this fancy uh, uh, apartment, no, this condo complex. And while we were there, um, he, he, he lived in this gated community, very fancy. And so one time, we, our water pressure was low in the condo. The water would come on, but the pressure was low. The flow wasn't working right. So the water would barely come out the faucet. The water would barely come out in the shower. And so I guess the complex got a lot of complaints. So they sent out an email saying that for a few hours in the day, they were going to shut down the entire water system of the complex. The flow wasn't working right. And so they decided to shut the whole system down. And when they shut the whole system down, it gave them time to fix the flow. So once the system started back up again, we were able to experience the flow of the water after it had been shut down. And God said, I am speaking to you. I am giving you a word. I am giving you my spirit. But the problem is your flow ain't right. And every now and again, God will have to shut some things down in our life so that we can hear the voice of God sounding like a trumpet in our lives. God has a word for us. God has a promise for us. God has something to say. And when we shut down, we can hear the voice of God saying, don't be afraid. Why shouldn't you be afraid? Because we can count on the power of his proclamation. Why, why we shouldn't be afraid? Because we can rely on the peace of his presence. John says, when he heard a voice sounding like a trumpet, he turned around so that he could see where the voice was coming from. And when he turned around to see where the voice was coming from in verse 12, he says that I saw seven golden lampstands. Wait a minute. He hears the voice. He turns around and then he sees seven golden lampstands. I really love the book of Revelation to fill with so much poetry and symbolism and mysteriousness. And so in order for you to really understand what the seven golden lampstands is, you don't even have to do much research. You can just go down to the end of chapter one and you'll discover that the seven golden lampstands represented the church. And John says, when I turned around to see where the voice was coming from, I saw the church and the church was surrounding the son of God that, that in the middle of what the church was doing was Jesus Christ. And if I had time, I'll talk about the fact that before people get a get a glimpse of Jesus, they see the church. They see the church, what the church is up to. They see what the church is all about. They see how the church is handling their business. And when you and I do what we're supposed to do as the body of Christ, as the church, people can see a glimpse of Jesus in the middle of what we're doing. And John says, I saw 
the seven golden lampstands, I wonder in the midst of this dark, evil, scary time, are we still the golden lampstand? Are we still being connected to the light of the world so that we can shine in this dark age? And John says, I saw the seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, look something like the Son of God. I love that because when you see the description of what the Son of God looked like, I get excited. Pastor Johnson told us Sunday that the Son of God had hair like wool and his skin was like bronze. And because we know what the Son of God looks like, the reason why we know what he looks like is because in the midst of what John was going through, Jesus showed up. That's the word I want to give you. That every now and again, when you and I go through pain, when you and I go through predicament, when you and I go through persecution, God has a way of showing up. Jesus has a way of showing up and he gives us peace with his presence that every now and again when you and I go through pain God won't leave us in the pain by ourselves because he'll tap into Emmanuel that means God is with us I really love the fact that God is not limited to quarantine that God is not restricted to social distancing that God is not distracted by what we go through but every now and again God will bless us with the peace of his presence and so because y'all not here, I can be transparent and real. I, 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 I'm a preacher. I'm a pastor. I, I read the Bible. I study the Bible. I study the scriptures. But can I be real? Every now and again, it doesn't feel like the presence of God is with me. It doesn't feel like the presence of God is with us. I go through situations and circumstance and I'm like, is God really with us? Has God turned his back on us? Is, is God truly there? I'm going to be honest. When I got word that my friend Trey passed away, I didn't feel the presence of God. That when I didn't have a chance to grieve with his family at the funeral, I didn't feel the presence of God. That, that every week we hear multiple people dying from our congregation. I don't feel the presence of God. As I'm trying to grieve over Sean Reed, here comes Ahmaud Arbery. As I'm trying to deal with Ahmaud Arbery, here comes George Floyd. It's, I don't feel the presence of God. When, when the death of black people going viral and white supremacy is the new norm, it's hard to feel the presence of God. Has God left us? Has God turned God's back on us? It's hard to feel the presence of God, but then... I'm reminded of his voice <laughs> and his voice says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm reminded of God's voice where Jesus tells his disciples, lo, I am with you to the end of the age. I'm reminded of the voice of God. Where can I hide from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? When I make my home in heaven, you're there. But when I settle down on America, you are still here. I can hear the voice of God saying to me that nothing can separate you from the love of God. And whenever I reflect on the voice of God, I begin to think about the track record of God, that God has a track record of showing up in the midst of chaotic situations. He showed up for Noah like an olive branch in the mouth of the dove. He showed up for Abraham like a ram in the bush. He showed up for Jacob like a wrestling angel. I just reflect on his track record. He showed up like the son of God in the midst of a fiery furnace. 
furnace for the three Hebrew boys. He showed up like an angel in the lion's den. He showed up like Jesus walking on water in the midst of the storm. I don't know about you, but I get excited over the fact that Jesus showed up. Because if we can be honest, many of us are about to lose our mind, slip back into depression, give up on our family, give up on our dreams. But glory be to God that we serve Emmanuel, that God has a history of showing up even in the midst of what we're going through. Oh, my, my son just turned 10 months yesterday. Jeffrey Johnson III, 10 months old. He's a different kind of kid. He's, he's very attentive. He's, he, he's always trying to get into some things. And one of the things that he hates the most are toys. He doesn't like regular baby toys. Instead of playing with a toy that I just opened up for him the other day, he decided to play with the box. So he wants to play with plastic cups and remotes and cords, and he wants to try to type on laptops to get a hold of cell phones. He hates playing with baby toys. But, but every now and again during this time, my wife and I are working full time from home, homeschooling, uh, home daycaring. I'm going to have to put baby Jeffrey into the playpen. And he hates the playpen. He can't stand the playpen. I put him in the playpen. I try to give him some baby toys to play with to give us a second just to do some work. But when he gets into that playpen, that second goes up pretty quick. He gets bored. He gets irritated. He gets frustrated. He begins to cry. He'll show that little face. He wants me to get him out of that playpen. And if I leave him in the playpen a little longer, the, the, the Janelle Ray in him begins to come out and he begins to get a little dramatic with his cries. And so as he's crying, I leave him in the playpen because now he's in a situation that his loving father has put him in, but he won't take him out of it. And the more he cries, the more frustrated he becomes and then all of a sudden his big brother Dylan comes around the corner and when his big brother Dylan comes around the corner big brother Dylan doesn't take him out of the playpen but big brother Dylan gets in the playpen with him and when big brother Dylan gets in the playpen with Jeffrey the third J3 he's no longer crying now a smile has emerged now he's trying to have some fun all the tears are wiped away from his eyes wait a minute he's still in the same situation but this this time, the big brother has got in the situation with him. And may I remind you that we have a big brother in Jesus that may not take us out of our predicament. But every now and again, we have a big brother Jesus that'll get in the predicament with us every now and again. If we can be honest, the reason why we haven't give up, it ain't because we've done everything right. But it's because Jesus showed up and told us, don't be afraid. Because you can tap into the peace of the presence of God. You can, you can experience the power of his proclamation. And here's the last thing, and now we gone, is that you don't have to be afraid because God empowers you to fulfill the purpose that he has for your life. That while John is in the midst of a quarantine, disconnected from his family, his community, his friends, Jesus shows up with a word. And, and the word that God gave John was a word of commission, a word of mission, a word of purpose. He says, I want you to write. Yeah, I want you to write. 
Write down everything you see, everything you hear, everything you experience. And with this writing, I want you to give it to the seven churches of Asia Minor. I want you to help advance God's kingdom while you're dealing with your predicament. I want you to be a blessing in the life of somebody else, even while you're going through it. And here is John in the midst of his predicament. But John begins to get creative. John begins to become productive. John begins to develop some work, some some writings in order to be a blessing into somebody else's life. It's almost like Paul being in that jail, but he's still writing to the church in Philippi. And he's telling the church in Philippi that God shall supply all of, all of your needs according to, your rich, according to his riches and glory in Jesus Christ. That even while Paul was in a predicament, he was still able to encourage and be a blessing into somebody else's life. It's almost like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in the midst of that Birmingham jail, he still pins and says... That, that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. That in the midst of what he was going through, he was still able to be a blessing into somebody else's life. And that's why we don't have to be afraid because the presence of God and the word of God empowers us to fulfill the purpose that God has for our life because God will use a problem to get us to our purpose. God will use difficulties to get us to our destiny. God will use frustration to get us to our future. And every now and again, despite of what we're going through. We don't have to give up. We can just look for the voice of God, for the presence of God to guide us and push us into the purpose that God has for our life. It's almost like Joseph who had to deal with violent, hating brothers, had to deal with slavery, had to deal with a prison system before he was able to get to the palace. It's almost like David who had to deal with a bear and a lion had to deal with Goliath had to deal with a crazy employer before he was able to experience the anointing that God has placed on his life. It's almost like Jesus who was able to experience the resurrection, but not before going through the crucifixion in Calvary. And that's why Paul writes that we share in his suffering to share in his glory. Ask yourself, what is God trying to produce out of you? What is God trying to birth out of you? What is God trying to do in your life? Because God will use this predicament to show you that he has purpose for your life. And I hear what you're saying, Pastor Jay. I hear what you're saying. Don't be afraid, but it's a scary situation. Trying to raise kids by myself in a pandemic. Trying to deal with unemployment trying to live life after a loss of a loved one. How do I conquer my fear to walk into the purpose that I know God has for me? Well, well, verse 14, verse 17 gives us the answer. Verse 17 says, John writes that Jesus showed up and Jesus put his right hand on my shoulder and told me, don't be afraid. If you read it too fast, you probably missed it. Here, we don't have to be afraid. Because John says that Jesus put his right hand on my shoulder and told me, don't be afraid. That, that we don't have to be afraid in the midst of a scary situation because not only is the hand of God on our life, but the right hand of God is on our life. 
Oh, and I get excited whenever our senior pastor begins to talk about the right hand of God. Pastor Johnson, he lays out for us clearly that the right hand of God means power. The right hand of God is authority. The right hand of God is strength. That's why when you read the Bible, you'll, talk, you'll see the Bible talk about how strong the arm of God is and how his hand has all might, but his right hand is exalted. That's why you'll hear the Bible talk about sit on God's right hand while he'll make your enemies your footstool. That's why... When we talk about Jesus, we say that Jesus is on the right hand of the Father interceding for you and I. I'm so glad that when we go through trials and tribulations, that God doesn't go, that God doesn't allow us to go through it by ourselves. But God gives us the power of his right hand to empower us in order for us to hear the voice of God, in order for us to embrace the presence of God and empower us to fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. I know you're down. I know you're depressed. I know you're dismayed. I know you're scared, but you don't have to be scared because the powerful right hand of God empowers us to give us what we need to overcome our fear, conquer the predicament to fulfill the purpose that God has for our life. This happened to me the other day as I closed. I was at the store, mask, gloves on, walking into the store, trying to get a few things that I needed. And as I was walking into the store, there was a young woman asking people, if they had any uh, any jumper cables to jump her car. Evidently, the battery of her car had died and she was trying to get to her destination, but she couldn't get there because she was dead on the inside asking people for some jumper cables. And I, I, I wanted to help her out, but I couldn't because I didn't have any jumper cables, nor did she have a mask or gloves on. So I kept it pushing. I walked into the store. I came back out of the store. And when I came out of the store, I seen that somebody, has some jumper cables and so what they did was they connected the jumper cables um, with her dead battery and connected it to the battery, the car that had all the power. Evidently, this car on the inside had all the power that they needed and then some to share the power. And here this young girl who was driving around with a dead battery in her car trying to get to her destination and the only way she was able to get there was when she connected to something that had more power than she had in order to get to where she was trying to go. And and that's what we have in God. That's what we have in the Holy Spirit. That's what we have in Jesus. That in those moments where we are down, in those moments where we are depressed, at those moments where we are afraid and we feel like we can't move and we're stagnant in what God has for us, I dare you by God's Holy Spirit to get connected to God who has all the power. And when you and I get connected with God who has all the power, God will empower us from the inside out to get to what God has for us. I know that there's somebody out there that can get excited over the fact that even though when you were down, you connected with God and God gave you the power to get back up, to get to where you needed to go. That's why I thank God for my mountains and I thank him for my valleys and I thank him for all that he's brought me through. If I never had a problem, how would I know that God can solve them? How would I know what faith in his word can do? But through it all, I learned how to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I learned how to trust in God. Through it all, I learned how to depend on his word and get connected to his power because I don't have to be afraid because God speaks to us with his voice, gives us peace with his presence, and empowers us to fulfill some purpose. Amen. Let us pray. Dear gracious God, we're so grateful for the power of your word. God, forgive us when we allow the predicament that we were going through 
to keep us from serving you and worshiping you and praising you. Forgive us when we didn't tap into the spirit of God. And now, God, I ask that you will continue to fill us up with your power, your Holy Spirit. Help us to listen to your voice. Help us to shut some things down to hear what you have to say. Help us to embrace the peace that comes along with your presence. And I, God, I pray that you will empower us by your right hand so that we can go fulfill the purpose that you have for our life. It is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah to the Lamb. We certainly thank God for Pastor Jeffrey Allen Johnson II uh, encouraging us in the word of God to deal with the fear that the enemy is trying to get us to operate in. And we know that when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's able to push that fear out of our lives, knowing that God is present with us and that the right hand of God gives us the power and the stability and security that we need. But it all starts with a proper relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. If you've never invited Jesus into your life of forgiveness of sin, I'm going to give you a chance to do that right now. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm going to have you call upon the name of the Lord in prayer. And the moment you believe it, the word of God says you're saved. So I want you to repeat after me. I'm going to pray. You just repeat after me and just pray it out loud. And the moment you believe it, you become God's child. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, I come right now. I know that I've sinned. I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe you raised Jesus from the dead. I receive him into my life by faith. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me be the first one to welcome you to the family of God. Because you prayed that prayer, you called on God by faith, you are now God's child. God is your father, Jesus is your big brother, the Holy Spirit is your keeper. And that right hand of God is going to keep you through all of this and help you to deal with and overcome the fears that the enemy tries to bring in our lives.